listening to the Maddox Podcast, hosted by the Maddox Real Estate Team. Jason Maddox, Jamie Abitia, and Katrina Pryor, presented by Painless Podcast. To learn more about our services, check out our website at maddoxrealestate.com. It may seem like forever ago, but it's been just eight months since life in the COVID-19 pandemic began. While it might be crazy to think about, it will end soon, hopefully. Today, we're tired of COVID just like everyone else, but there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Today, we're going to talk about what it's like being a real estate agent in the market, what it's like for buyers and sellers and our experience in the market, what lessons we've learned during the shutdown and what we'll carry through post-COVID world. Uh, We're going to discuss that and more in today's episode. Before we get started, I'd like to introduce Robert Ring, who will be giving us a quick rundown of what the market is doing this week. This is Market in a Minute. There are some exciting things happening right now in the mortgage world. Let's start with the first one, which is rates continue to come down, which is really exciting. This helps a lot of people. If you own a home, you know that this helps bring down your payment and save money overall on the cost of owning your mortgage. And additionally, if you're buying a home, this increases your affordability. So now you can buy perhaps at a higher purchase price. And leading into that, we just received another exciting announcement, and that is starting in January, loan limits will increase. And what this means is that you can buy at a higher purchase price with a low amount of money down out of your pocket. In certain areas, that is as high as $852,000 with just 3.5% down. In other areas, it can be 565 with just 3% down. It varies by county. Some areas are considered high balance counties, some low balance. But the bottom line is affordability is increasing through lower interest rates and higher lending limits. And that's good for everybody. Thanks for listening. So the highlight wine that we're highlighting yes. today is the Prisoner. Now, this is one of Jason's favorite wines. I've never been invited to the winery, so I don't have the winery experience. But we're, we're going to get you there. It. We'll get, we'll go. We're drinking Field it trip. right now. Field trip. And it's delicious. So yeah. tell us a little bit. So this is the 2019 Prisoner. Mm-hmm. It's called The Prisoner, and it is it looks fantastic. I, I love blends, and this is a blend. Um, unfortunately I'm not super versed in the wine, you know, so I don't know like what it's a blend really of. Uh, I just know I love it. He knows it's red. I know it's red. It's um, and the, the winery is actually super cool too. I mean, Jamie's, we've, we've gone there for Jamie's birthday. Mm-hmm. Uh, the experience is, is a lot of fun. Now they're doing outdoor stuff, so you can't even go, I mean, you probably go inside and into the courtyard area. It's different. It's definitely but. different. Like when we went, we went and did the maker's experience, which involved lunch. And then you do a tour of the winery. So yeah. everything's a little bit different. But We they, met the winemaker. We met the winemaker, Chrissy Whitman. But I think everything's a little bit different now, but everywhere is a little bit different. You know, everybody's adapting to COVID and um, which I think is great. When we went there this past time, I got to actually go there with a friend for a friend's birthday and, you know, masks everything's outside but they the nice thing is, is they actually served us pizza after which was new oh, and yeah. it was the most incredible pizza i've ever had in my entire life they so, have some amazing chefs there and i think that's kind of in lieu of you know being able to go in and do the experience with the food and all of the full tasting inside like you would they they try to adapt well and, and the prisoner or the prisoner wine company has a pretty cool story and it was the winery was owned prior it was called what was it? The Franciscan? Uh, the Franciscan. Franciscan. And it was bought out by Constellation. Constellation, yeah. So, and, and but th- there's a really rich and cool, cool story about the prisoner. So I said, We're, we're busy, folks. <laughs> I have no calls. Getting calls, from yeah. Clients. That's why I said, Sound your phones. 
kids. I didn't touch that. Everybody saw that. I didn't touch anything. <laughs> anyway, no, sorry. Um, so, but the the prisoner, um, what it's got a really rich history and really really cool story and and very it's very artsy, and there's a there's a lot that when we went the first time, Sarah, that she's not Sarah Sch, um, Schmidt. 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 Okay. She is not there anymore, unfortunately. She's one of our our favorites. Uh, she had she told us this whole story about the wine company and she was just the so art. passionate about so it. passionate and we love that we love and so we're going to actually we're, we're going to bring somebody on from the prisoner wine company and have them talk about it because it's there's just too much to talk about that i don't know enough about but it's a great experience they oh, have a tasting yeah. lounge they have virtual experience it's a great experience right. it's definitely different than i would say a lot of the other wineries only because it gets a lot of flack for being a little bit too corporate now yeah yeah consolation it's, owns corona so it, you know it definitely is a different spin it's very modern whereas a lot of these wineries are very old school you know family owned mom and pop and this is a totally different experience but I enjoy it just as much as any other one. But the wine is super good. I, mm-hmm. I mean, we don't have we don't have the the expertise. No. Right? We're not sommeliers in by any means. No. Um, but we know good wine just by tasting it, what it would go with, um, and this one's really delicious. So, what? How much is a bottle of of this? And can you? Where can you get it? So we're members, and we get it every every uh, this this, every, this one's every quarter. Yeah, we get like twelve bottles. Uh, yeah, I know. But we don't just get the like three bottles of the prisoner and then we get some uh, you know other ones we get some cabs and things like that but uh this particular one I, i'm gonna sh- i I'm don't know sure. I, i'm not sure no, i uh, actually 35 40 bucks so most wineries you can only buy their wine at the winery right like yeah. visa tui you have to go to visa tui to buy it the prisoner i know that at least this specific bottle or this blend they do sell at bevmo um because i've i've bought it before and i believe if it's not, if I'm not incorrect, I believe it's around forty to fifty dollars for a bottle. So it's definitely one of your more expensive bottles. Yeah. It's not, you know, an, a ten dollar, fifteen dollar bottle, but it's um. Yeah, it's forty bucks. Oh, about forty bucks. Okay. Yeah. okay. I think it's a really nice bottle when you're trying to go a little more high end, like if you're buying it for a client and if they are familiar with the prisoner winery, it's right. nice to have something come from there without having to take the trip. Right. You know, if you... What's what's cool about Bevmo is that I'm a huge Instacart fan, so I love everything being delivered to my door. And now Bevmo is in Instacart, so going on <laughs> having my uh, medication delivered <laughs> is is really nice. But Absolutely. I don't always have forty dollars for a bottle of wine, so I we just opened a bottle of Menage a Trois, and. It is so... What do you call that? ASMR? ASMR. ASMR. It's... Okay, listen. She's going to eat a pickle next, guys. Listen, kids. When when Uncle Charlie's over for Thanksgiving and you don't want a $40 bottle of wine for Uncle Charlie, Menage a Trois is the go-to. This one is a Cabernet. Um, It's fruit forward. It's not too dry. It's like... I picked it up this morning at 1030. Got a lot of interesting looks. Um, but it's delicious at 10 30 you know it's it's really good so if you want to go to where you can just run into lucky get a nice bottle of wine that's not going to break the bank this one's one of my faves we're i'm one of the pores so i'm not really a very uh, less expensive bottle of wine to if enjoy. you're looking to be bougie on a budget definitely go for menage a trois because it yeah. will never fail it's really hard to displease anybody with it they also have a bunch of different types as well so they have you know, menage a trois, silk, menage a trois. Midnight. Midnight, menage a trois. Um, decadence, I think, yeah, is one good. of theirs. Yeah, but that for they 10 have. Bucks, come on, this is yeah. great. No, it's an incredible wine. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and if you're just getting started on wine and you're just kind of getting your feet wet trying to understand about it, this is just a nice blend. You can find it anywhere. I went camping and I went to like, we went to Cassini Ranch Mm -hmm. and the marketplace there, all they had, they like had sodas for the kids, menage a trois for the adults. It was awesome. I want to say Trader Joe's has it. Trader Joe's has it. Seven or $8 as well. It's even a little less expensive. And it's fun. If you're having a party, you don't have to, you know, bust out the the expensive wine. Just go and get a few bottles of this and you're good. Nobody will know the difference. Exactly. So we're going to transition here a little bit because we are in real estate and we want to talk about while we're whining about the Bay, we also want to talk about what's going on in real estate right now with COVID. There's been a lot of changes. I remember flying into Seattle in February. And it was the first case of COVID in the United States. And it happened to be at the Seattle airport, like that person came through the Seattle airport. I didn't think much about it. My sister and I were kind of, you know, joking a bit. And here we are, what, eight to nine months later, and it's just a huge pandemic. And it changes a lot, of course, in everybody's life at every level. But in real estate, what I, my initial thought was, okay, so I'm going to get a break. Um, you know, there's going to be some downtime. I was a little nervous what the market was going to look like now that, you know, more and more cases started picking up. And what I didn't realize is that the market is really stronger than ever. Than ever. I've never been busier than since February. Yeah. Um, and I'm having that experience where people are, you know, we're ready to get our house on the market. There's a lot of buyers out in the market right now. Some things have changed. Uh, you know, we have to be much more protective about how we enter homes. We, you know, pre-approvals are necessary. So we limit the amount of exposure, um, you know, as, as folks are coming into other people's homes. But mm-hmm. I want to hear about what your experience is as COVID has kind of changed the market, what your expectation was and where it is now. Yeah. So I think that we've been on a roller coaster since kind of hearing the news start to break around February and then going into quarantining. On around March, we had a little dry spell there between like March and April, or you know, April, May. We started picking up. That's when things started getting crazy. So my personal experience, it was like night and day. I had a listing that went on the market. It was a condo in Hercules, and the first weekend of open houses, I could barely keep up with the amount of people in there. I was literally talking to everybody in groups of about fifteen or twenty. They'd come in, they'd cycle through. I'd give my spiel. They, you know, see the place, leave, the next group would come in. And I was doing that for the whole three or four hours that I was there, just talking and talking and talking. That week, the, the news about COVID broke and how we need to start washing our hands more. And masks weren't even a thing yet. Nobody was even wearing masks. But we need to start washing our hands more and, you know, try to stay in, try not to go out. The next weekend, well, the second weekend of open houses, I had nobody through there. Very, very few people. And I remember that second weekend, my natural instinct is to go and shake somebody's hand when I meet them. And the guy pulled away from me and was like, we can't do that anymore. Yeah. And it was like, that was the, the turning point for me where I was like, wow, this, this is different. This world is very different. Within one week, everything has changed. And then I think we experienced, you know, a little more of that for a while. For the first month, we were, you know, after shortly after we were told to quarantine. And for that first month, everybody was staying in and working from home or not working at all at that time and, and adapting. And I think we definitely saw a big slowdown, right? We weren't sure what was going to happen buyers were taking a break, sellers were not putting anything on the market and saw a really big slowdown. And then like 
night and day. Somebody flipped a switch and, overnight. and everything changed overnight. I mean, in the beginning, they were telling us you could get fined if you're showing houses, right? You could literally not show yeah, it was, houses. It was like a $10,000 fine for, for like showing houses without... Yes. A mask or something, or just showing a house, period. If they, it they was owner-occupied. Owner-occupied, yeah. I mean, they just stopped us, like, right there. So we weren't supposed to be even showing houses. And then, you know, these rules started unfolding. And every week we had a new form, a different form, and the verbiage was different. And I think we were all trying to adapt. But yeah, we did what we out. do best, and we did adapt. And then we instilled these new practices. And, you know, you have to wear a mask. You have to sanitize. Wear booties, wear gloves, whatever it may be. And... Just like that, things went back to kind of a new normal, and I think they took off. I mean, you guys can attest to that. It, the market absolutely took off, which for the state of the world and how bad a lot of people were doing, for the market to do so well was kind of incredible to see. It was crazy. Yeah, and I got a, I got a call from a client that worked at Facebook, and he said, well, you know, we're going to be home until at least December. And, and then I got a call a week later and he said, we're going to be home indefinitely. I mean, they, they said we can work from home now. Mm -hmm. um, now I need a bigger house and I can, I don't have to be right in Berkeley. I can go out a little bit further and get a bigger house yeah. because I need an extra room for an office mm -hmm. to work from. So that's kind of what's happening too. Like people just started spending more money getting bigger homes so that they could work from home. And, and you know, they're, they're saving money in the commute, obviously. So they were able to put it into the home. But yeah, I mean, that, that was one of the, the big things for me, which was kind of strange. It's like, oh, you know, we're, we're going to work from home. And now it's just the, the normal. And now people, you know, we're working from home and it's not a big deal. You know, and I think that's that's one thing that we are kind of blessed in this industry is we can pretty much work wherever, right? Like we're yeah. always on our phone. Even if we're not at the office, we're still working when we're out showing properties. We're still checking emails. We're still on our, you know, doing whatever. But, um, you know, we can work from home, but I think that is going to be the new norm. And I think what's funny is that we've seen a rise in the market on our side, right? The East Bay, we're in Pinal, Hercules, these surrounding areas, we've seen a rise. But I believe San Francisco has actually seen a lot of price reductions because everybody is doing this mass exodus from the city right. and coming to where they can sell their million dollar shoebox and get a full, you know, three bedroom, four bedroom home for 800000 Right and live large over here and still be commutable because I think a lot of people are either not going back to the office, like you said, they're going to be working from home on a more permanent basis, or even if they have to commute one or two days out of the week, once things start to go back, then it's a lot more manageable. Yeah. I have a lot of clients right now that are really surprised at how competitive the market is. I, I put a, an offer in on a home and the listing agent, I felt like, okay, you know, they're going to have quite a few offers. Uh, they had over 15 on one property in about a week to a week and a half. Mm -hmm. And so I think that, you know, there's a bit of low inventory, potentially um, a lot of buyers out in the market. So it's still a very strong market to say the least. We just kind of, you know, we adapt to it. We're here to serve our clients and, you know, if they need to sell, they need to buy, we're here for them. But uh, a lot of people are concerned. What's the market going to do? How is it going to change? And it's never been a stronger market, uh, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and I think that there's always going to be eb ebbs and flows. So as we're thinking about how this is going to look, let's say next year, we don't know what the market is going to do. Right now, we just kind of have this trajectory that we're on continues to kind of, you know, incline a bit. Mm -hmm. But um, what do you guys think about, let's say next year, hopefully, fingers crossed, will have this vaccination. I think every they're, they're expecting maybe everybody to have uh, access maybe by summer. 
do you think that this this trajectory of where the market's going is going to continue its its incline? Well, I, I, well, what we do know is that the on the federal level, the rates are going to be low or stay down uh, until 2023. That's what they're saying. That's what they're yeah. That's what the feds are saying. We can always go with that information. We know that's that that information is going to stick. Um, but you know, it, it's it's tough to to tell like what's going you know what's going to happen. Back when I was doing a, a Zoom mastermind thing, uh, I don't remember, remember back in March, March or April or something, and they were like, "What do you think is going on with the market?" And I said, "Well, I think what's happening right now is everything slowed down, and I think we're moving kind of our, our our historically speaking, we're moving into a different market. So I think now our summer market is actually our spring market, and so we're kind of you know, and that's that's what happened. I mean, the market literally picked back up, and our summer, which is typically slow, right? You never want to list in." June or July, you know, and kind of pick back up in August and it's not as busy. It was insane. So we sort of missed those three months in spring and now we're moving to, and then now, you know, with the election things sort of, it really slowed down for like, I felt for like a week or two. And then now, like you're saying, everything's just literally overnight starting to pick back up. Yeah. So, it's just, yeah. so it's, 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 so it, unpredictable. it's unpredictable. And I, you know, I think, um, it's really tough to say what's going to happen next year but I think people still need to buy homes with offices and work from home and things like that. So, uh, I mean, I really don't, Yeah. I don't it's, foresee it slowing down. Like people think it's going to crash. I don't think so. It's definitely not going to crash like it did before because yeah. things are a lot tighter now. I think it's hard to say. And, you know, we kind of always say if anybody tells you they can predict the market, they're lying. You right. can't predict the market. Can't. And I think there's too many factors right now to consider. We did, we are probably entering into a new presidency and, you know, who knows how that could change things. There was a slight lull for about two weeks, like you said, right before and after the election, kind of figuring out what's going to happen, what is happening. We're still not really sure. You know, so there was a little bit of a slowdown. Weather got bad for a minute there. And then now the sun's shining and it seems like things are picking back up. There's still a lack of inventory. I always feel that during the holiday season, like we're approaching, you know, it really narrows it down to the serious buyers and sellers. So there will always be somebody who needs to sell a home. There'll always be somebody who needs to buy a home, especially right now with interest rates at historic lows. Historic lows. Okay, so I when I bought my condo a gazillion years ago, it was like 6.5%. That was the average. And it's to know that it's under three. About 2.875 is the, the current rate right now for a 30 year. That's just mortgage. keeping the market going at these low. I mean, it's, it's the cheapest it's ever been to borrow money right now. And it, you know, prices are definitely rising, but you get a little bit more bang for your buck because you're saving in interest. So it's, it's really insane. And then we have a lot of city buyers going back to, you know, the city doing these price reductions. I think we're seeing a lot of San Francisco people where their money translates to a lot more over here. Mm-hmm. So they're coming in and, you know, they might have the cash from selling a home in the city saying, I don't have to live here anymore. I don't have to commute. You know, the city's not the, the best place to live if you don't want to sit in traffic every day. And it's kind of, you know, dirty and going downhill. So I think a lot of families are coming over here to start their families, to raise their families and are realizing I'm just a hop, skip, and a jump away when I need to be, but I don't necessarily need to live in the thick of it, in the hustle mm-hmm. and bustle. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they're coming out here, and I'm seeing on na- uh, nearly every property lately that buyers have been putting offers in on or even on the listing side, people were moving their appraisal contingency, which means they don't even care what the market value is right. for the home. Uh, that literally shows that a house is worth what a buyer is willing to pay. They're just throwing numbers out there and saying, 
look, you're guaranteed you're going to get this. I want your house. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a strong market. There's a lot of activity. We're busier than ever. Um, and so for anybody who's thinking, okay, well, maybe this isn't a good time to sell or it's not a good time to buy that the market is so active. Um, and I see that there's a lot of things that we implemented within COVID that is going to continue. Mm -hmm. The 360 tours are phenomenal. We Shout used to Bay have Bay Area virtual tours. Yes. Bay Area virtual tours do an amazing job. Joey does an amazing job at capturing really walking through a home. Uh, back before COVID, we had the open houses, right? And you'd have 50 people come through at one time. Everybody's pushing their way through an entry or a hallway to try to see the home. Now you can virtually walk through the home. And if it interests you at that point, then you can see it in person. Um, but to be able to walk through a home from your living room, uh, I see this as just sticking. It's just a sticking point that's going to continue. I know I'm going to continue using it. Oh. I think buyers really find it Absolutely. value. It yeah. has to be the new standard for everybody moving forward, no matter if there's a vaccine, if we are eventually able to gather and crowd around. I don't think anybody really needs to because it does help with out-of-area clients that maybe you know aren't sure if they want to travel just to see this one house well hey take a tour of it first you also get to do a aerial view of the home which you can't do in person so you can see exactly how each room connects what and what the that? layout is the it's the dollhouse the dollhouse, the dollhouse view yeah, where cool. you can see into each room yeah. from overhead which i think is very very valuable and yeah, just just take a tour and see what the home is like before actually visiting it. There's even a feature if you have the virtual headset tour to put the VR goggles on and to do the walkthrough yeah. as if you're walking oh, in through the room. And yourself. that'll get super popular, I think. Uh, so anybody, in time. yeah, I yeah. mean, I don't know how many people have virtual headsets, but I think it's gonna um, Christmas gift, right? That'd be a great Christmas gift. You can, you can use your phone and just pop it in. Oh, so you can. So buy when you when you put on the the goggles like with the Matterport that you do, you can actually. You can do the virtual tour that yeah. way. Yeah, so you can. I buy, didn't even realize that, and I have a I have a really nice Oculus that oh. I bought. Yeah, you can buy the so goggles. Check where that you out. Put your phone in, and then you can literally walk around the house and explore the house as if you're standing there. I mean, it's surreal, right? But that's so cool. That's yeah. So it's going to yeah. stick. So what it has done is that you know agents need to bring their A game in terms of marketing. A thousand percent. Right? People are less likely to want to walk through a home nowadays. They want to see it virtually, and by providing this. I know I'm going to continue to use it. So it's just an amazing feature uh, that I think is just going to continue on. It's one of those changes that have, have implemented during COVID that is just going to continue uh, moving forward. Right. So Absolutely. It's awesome. Right. What else, kids? Where are, where are we here? I we know. A... We're just kind of going off on our own here because yeah. I love it. I know. So uh, let's see. Oh, by the way. Okay. So next, I know that we're, you know, this is kind of new for us and the podcast and kind of getting out there in the community, but I want to get a huge shout out to one of our friends, oh, Ray yeah. Canales. Yeah. Okay. So we discussed Rigger's Loft at, you know, one, one or the first or second uh, podcast. Mm -hmm. And so he offered, he has a connection there at Rigger's Loft and R&B sellers, wine that they serve there. Amazing. So I'm going to say, Greg, I haven't even called you about this, darling, but um, I'm going to say that a future podcast, we need to get into rigors. Definitely. We, that is such an extraordinary experience for Bay Area folks. Let, and I think a lot of people don't know about rigors, about R&B sellers. Let's have Greg on. The um, cider that they produce there. Yeah. It's, it's really extraordinary. So I'm going to propose a field trip. Oh, Maddox absolutely. Real Estate field trip at at, uh, at Riggers Loft. We're going to loop in Greg um, and really try their cider, their wine. Talk about what they offer there. They have live music. 
it's just it's a phenomenal let's place. drink first and drink, then do the podcast it's going to be amazing drink wine and write it off i'm all about it yeah <laughs> all right, so no, i'm great Excellent. um so let's getting getting back into this i know we touched a little bit about how it's a seller's market a really easy time to be a seller but how do you think that might change and what would you say to buyers right now who are saying well i hear it's a seller's market is it really a good time to you know purchase a home is it really worth it i think you have jason something really good that you usually say to buyers well i you know if they're buying the property as an investment well obviously we have a different conversation but i always tell them you know it's 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 always a good time to buy the home that you're going to live in because that's your home and you know i mean it, real estate isn't meant to be a stock market it's long-term growth it's long-term wealth it's just and i mean you put a value on you your your home you can't really do that right so uh instead of paying somebody else's mortgage you're paying your own mortgage whether the market changes or not but mm -hmm. you know and you're gonna live there so people always talk about oh i've got all this equity well, what are you gonna do you're gonna sell no well then what does it matter you know mm -hmm. that's your home so you know again if if they were an investor looking to get out in five years or ten years or whatever then that's a little different conversation mm -hmm. depending on the money they're putting down and things like that seeing how, how their money can work for them but as a homeowner, I mean, it's it's always a good time. It's always a good time. As long as you can afford it, yeah. at the end of the day, it's always a good time. That's one of the concerns that I have from every buyer, mm -hmm. every single one, is I'm scared what the market's going to do. Maybe it's not the right time to buy. And I don't know if I've already shared the story. Edit it if I have. <laughs> but I will never forget sitting at Starbucks right here in Hercules with a client. We were about five days away from closing everything contingencies removed the deposit was in and we literally had face to face i don't think i'm ready to do this i am scared what the market is going to do i'd rather lose my deposit than move forward on a house oh my goodness. Wow. i don't know if i remember this story. oh my god wow. uh, so and and i knew that this was the home that the family loved and i'm always there to you know, I'm there to be a support. I'm not there to tell anybody what they should or shouldn't do. I'm just here to hear you out. Here's my experience. I let him know this is a concern that every buyer has from, from my current clients that just wrote an offer yesterday to from, you know, three years ago, this gentleman that I sat uh, at Starbucks with who said, I think we're going to pull the Did contract. They, they decided not to pull after the conversation. Okay, good. He went through with it. It was, I think it was, it was three or four years ago. I think Trump was coming in or just came in and there was complications. He felt like the market was just going to tank. It was a bad time. And I completely understand, uh, you know, fast forward three years later, uh, he has over a hundred thousand dollars worth of equity in the home. He's called me back to say, I am so glad that I moved forward on this property. Um, and so I share that story with new clients because it was such, I mean, he was willing to lose probably 30 plus thousand dollars on the crazy. deposit because he was so scared to move forward. This is a fear that every, every buyer has. I would have it too, because it's just the market is unpredictable. And everybody goes back to the, you know, 10, 12 years ago when the market crashed, but lending was crazy then. Uh, lending did not have the same parameters that it does now. Mm -hmm. So um, it's, it's one of the things that well, I share with, with buyers. And, you know, this isn't just going out and, and buying a car, right? A car is a big purchase too, but this is quite literally probably the biggest purchase you'll ever make in your life. And it's a big deal. So to have some reservations or to be a little you know, nervous is very natural. But what I always tell my clients is, 
you know, it's always the right time if it's the right time for you, right. if this is the right move for you, as long as you can make your house payment, you're right. not putting yourself in a position to where, you know, if something happens, you're, you're really hurting here, then it's going to be a good time. You're in the Bay Area, right? The Bay Area is a world of its own. The it market is. will always bounce back. Look how far we've come from 10 years ago. We are stronger, you know, at least where we were, if not stronger now than we were yeah. 10 years ago, right. which if this is your forever home, you have the, the, luxury of writing out the ebbs and flows of the market as long as you can make your payment and if the market or if you know rates go down again refi right. you know that's so i think it's always a good time if it's a good time for you again investors people that are looking for short term maybe a stepping stone we might have a different strategy we might not be removing appraisal contingencies you know we might be a little bit more conservative with our offers and just you know looking at different properties but i think uh it's it's always a good time no matter which side you're on, buyer or seller. Yeah, yeah, no, that's 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 a fantastic advice. All right, so what do we want to do? One of I'm just gonna go ahead and I'm gonna take, take a, a sip, sip of wine and let's while see. What Jamie happens. decides what to, while to Jamie talk about. Decides. You know, I don't know. I I think that we've done what we do as humans, what we do best, and, and we adapt to these changes and we kind of move forward, right? So will we be wearing masks for a long time? Well, if everybody can get on the same page and just do it now, yeah. you know, I, I'm hoping that that might stay for a while. It's better to be overcautious than, you know, underprepared like yeah. we have been in this yeah. world. And uh, with numbers back on the rise, I think it's important to keep these practices in place for, you know, even after there's a vaccine, who knows how long it's going to take for everybody to have access to that. Mm -hmm. It could come out into the spring, but the first people that are going to get it are doctors, front of the line workers, sure. uh, elderly, things like that. So I think we just need to continue to be cautious. I think it's very important that if you are a buyer in this market, you know, it, there's no longer kind of to put it you know, softly, there's really no longer the market for looky-loos. You have to be a qualified buyer. You, you have, have to, to get prepared. a pre-approval and you have to be prepared and ready to play because, you know, you have to realize that you're ex you're putting exposure or you're exposing sellers. You're going into somebody else's home and walking through their space, like, touching their items and putting them at risk. And if you're just looking, it's not maybe something that you want to do. So I think, you know, that's how things have changed too. We're looking for qualified buyers, which... Not hard. You know, it's a couple days. You can talk to a lender, get qualified, get your things in, get a pre-approval, and then we're ready to rock and roll. Yeah. In fact, I've seen more and more on um, on homes that you have to send the pre-approval before you even go and visit the property. Yeah, especially um, with owner-occupied. Yeah, absolutely. So that's one of the things that has also changed is before you could walk through homes, yeah. you could, you know, take a weekend out and see every open ho open house right. on the market and walk through. Now it's not like that. Now it's it's very much geared now to are you a serious buyer? Do you have your pre-approval? We do not want you in our home unless you're qualified yeah. to buy right. it. Um, and that and it does put a, a bit of strain on us with our clients because there's some folks who are like, I don't think I'm ready for that step. I just yeah. want to I just want to see what's out there in the market. And unfortunately, you know, we were not able to accommodate that much only because the listing agents don't want folks within their clients' homes that don't necessarily have that pre-approval And rightfully so, rightfully right? So. Yeah. I, think that's, yeah. I think that's very valid yeah. thought to have. But I think that we're on the horizon. I mean, I see, I see the rainbow at the end of the tunnel. I think that we're starting to, you know, get to the end of this. 
We have vaccine, you know, potentially ready for summer. I've already made travel plans. Um, I'm, I'm ready for yeah. this to be over. But again, I think that there's a lot of positive things that have been implemented during this time that, that are going to carry forward. And we're here. We're here. We're available. We're in the market. We're in the market every single day yeah. with our buyers, with our sellers. Um, and again, it's just... Um, so I have a question for you guys. We've seen a lot in this active market that a lot of buyers are coming in, you know, maybe money coming from the city or just knowing that they have to be competitive, maybe losing out on four or five houses before they finally find the one and are willing to give it their all and maybe are waiving their appraisal contingency. Do you think that appraisers are going to start being more conservative at some point and trying to rein in the market? Do you feel that they already are or do you think that... You know, their appraisers are just kind of trying to adapt with the times as well. And that's a really good. That's a really good question. I think it's a balance of both. I think that um, I'm seeing appraisers become more conservative Mm -hmm. um, with a couple of homes that we just closed. Uh, They did come in a little bit under value, under not under value, but under what we offered. Um, And my clients were willing to come in with the extra money to Mm -hmm. to make up the difference. Which that right there tells you that the value of the house to them is what they paid for it. So. I am seeing that. Uh, I, I do think that they're adapting, but at the same time, we don't want to get crazy either, right? Like I said, real estate is long-term growth, long-term wealth. It's not a stock market. It's not a huge up and a huge down. It's just it's supposed to be just you know small, small and um, what do you say, ebbs and flows, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that, and it, that, that's kind of how I'm seeing it. And, and speaking with appraisers, that's kind of how I'm how I'm going. Yeah, yeah. no, I agree, and you know. Going back to what we always say, a house is worth what a buyer is willing to pay. So I've definitely seen situations where an appraisal, there might be a short gap and a buyer is willing to bridge that that gap and make up the difference, maybe five, 10. I had uh, on a listing, I had a buyer that was willing to make it up $20,000 and she actually wrote that with her offer up front, knowing that, hey, I know it's competitive out there. I know this may not appraise, but I want this house so badly that up front, I'm willing to put up an extra $20,000 if it does not appraise. You know, of course, only up to the, the purchase price, but it's, it's an incredible time all around. I think um, it's a very interesting time to be a part of. It is. Yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah. Do we, we want to move on to this? Um, when we finally take off our uh, masks, what do we look forward to doing oh. first? So, I mean, I think the mask thing is kind of the new norm, right? I think yeah. that's going to still be... Well, oh, but I mean, when we finally take them off and, the, and we've got this pandemic under control... Like in the, in the far future, because I do think it's it could be yeah. another, I hate to say it, but another year or so until we are, you know, completely out of the woods on this. What I miss the most is like going to Ruth's Chris and like having a fantastic meal with friends and just sitting there with a bunch of people around you and you just hear the chatter in the room and... I miss that, you know, and so I'm looking forward to going out and having some great food, obviously, because I love to eat. Obviously. Uh, obviously. obviously. Um, but I mean, just, you know, just that, that breaking bread with people yeah, that, you, that you love, Coming you know, together, yeah. big families. I mean, even for Thanksgiving right now, That's you know, we're really going to limit our Thanksgiving, but you know, I mean, listen, listen, if this is short term, you know, I'm saving a ton in makeup. That's, I mean, I just throw my mask on and I mean, brush my hair and I'm ready to go. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, but really, uh, this is, this is short term. So as long as we stay safe, we're, we're really safe, uh, you know, with our business practices next year are the travels are the big dinners. We just have a short time to get through this. Yeah. I know. I think it sucks now, is, but it's just being able to pick up and go and do something right. Because this business is 
busy no matter what time of year it is. And you don't really get that, you know, downtime or that break. And the summer and this, this market right now is showing us more than ever that I've been so focused on work that it's really, sometimes you don't realize how much the pandemic might be affecting you and how much, you know, normal life really doesn't exist anymore. But my personality, I'm used to picking up and just going. So if I have a free weekend or even a free, you know, Thursday, Friday or something, I might drive down to Disneyland and go visit Disneyland for a right. couple of days just to have a, to break it up and to break up, you know, all the serious work that goes on during the week and to have a little me time or fun time yeah. going to a winery or going to dinner with friends. We do that a lot. And I think that's kind of the, the difference is that we don't, we're not really mindful of because we have adapted, but you know, this it's, a, it's affected everybody, no matter how well you're doing or, you know, if you're not doing so well, it's just, it's affecting everybody in mm-hmm. some way or the other. And that's, there's almost a comfort in knowing that it's not just you. It's kind of a weird We're all comfort. in this together. We're all in this together, right? And not even just as the United States, as the entire the world, world. We are doing this we together. We are doing this together. Um, so I think there is, it's weird to say comfort. There's a little bit of comfort in that, just knowing that you're not alone. You know, everybody understands what you're going through. So right. I think we've all become a little bit more compassionate towards others as well. Sure. A little bit more mindful of, you know, let's let's be a little easier on people. Maybe we're not going to be so mean to the person who stole our parking space or, you know, right. just a little more compassion in the world because everybody's going through something yeah. right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, I have kids right now um, on Zoom for school trying to take business calls. Yeah. I've got the kids. As soon as I get on the phone, they're in the cupboards. So <laughs> it's like we're, it's literally thing one and thing two. And I'm Dr. Seuss trying to manage it all. Um, you know, I'm running out into the garage trying to take phone calls, but people are so in understanding, uh, like I, like you said, Jamie, we're, we are all in this together. So I think that there's a lot of positives in this. We're exploring things that we've never done before. Camping. Hello. Like, have I ever camped? You love it. You love it now. I love it now. Yeah. Okay. So Jason, so Jason and I went on a camping trip one time and I went and I'm not really one to sleep. Um, in the cold <laughs> on the right. ground, but, uh, we went and I think what, two o'clock in the morning, I was like, well, this um, is the thing I wake up the next morning and I, and I walk out, you know, stretch my arms. I look next to the, the she was in the tent next to me. It's gone. <laughs> I'm like, where's, where's Katrina? Where's her tent? And I give her a call. She's like, yeah, like around two o'clock in the morning. I was so cold. I just got up and literally packed up and came two home. Two o'clock in the morning. I <laughs> I'm packed like, up my what? tent. I packed up my stuff. I packed up my car and I drove about two you drove hours home. to go home. Yeah. I am like, I worked too hard to sleep in the cold on the ground. She's but like, I'm at the Hilton down the street. Right, right. But... This, you know, the COVID has kind of opened this world of camping to me. Now we want to be outdoors. I love it. We want to be outdoors. We want to explore things that we wouldn't normally otherwise do. So that being said, yes, Cassini Ranch, we had a great time there. Um, I'm I'm looking at campers. I'm looking at trailers. I'm looking at airstreams. Airstreams. Mother Nature. I know. I am at one with nature. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. So now we're a camping family. Who would have known? Um, so yeah, like I said, you always have to look for the, the silver lining and things. Uh, this is one of them, you know, our families come together. We can't all be in a huge group together anymore, but you know, I think it brings people closer pandemic in a strange way has, I think has done that. And you, you realize what you have to look forward to, you know, it's just, it's a little bit sweeter when, when we get there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, just kind of some closing statements, you know, We've always been more more than just real estate. So, you know, we're, we're friends with our clients. And just remember, remember, it's important to check in on your loved ones, check in on your friends, make sure, 
you know, ask if everybody's okay because some people aren't. I think some people are not okay right now. This is really affecting people. It's really affecting people. And again, no matter how well you might be doing, even if you did not lose your job, you didn't get laid off and you've been working this entire time, you might be experiencing a whole different type of stress. Now you're part of the skeleton crew that's being overworked and overused and exhausted. You're one of the frontline workers who has never experienced more craze in the hospital right? I mean, they can't even keep up with the demand right now. So just remember to always check on your loved ones, check in on everybody. Um, not everybody's buying and selling a home right now. And we understand that we're so much more than, you know, yeah. just realtors. Right. So I, yeah. I just feel like that's really important to say. Yeah. No, that's great. I had a, All right. I had a fun time. I yeah. That was great. Okay. So love prisoner. Love Minaj. I only had two I'm gonna have another glass of Minaj right now. I'm not sorry. I know, we didn't even open the third bottle. Oh, third, third bottle. bottle. And we're so looking forward to our next one. Right, Greg? I'm contacting you. We're, we're doing soft. it. We're there. We're yep. really getting into this podcast thing. I think yeah. we're gonna, you know, take off and um I think it's gonna be great. Yeah, I hope everybody continues to listen. Super fun. Well, everybody over and out. Thanks for chiming in with us and we'll see you next time. Signing out. Thank you for listening to the Maddox Podcast. Thank you to our producer, Sam Lubman of Painless Podcast for helping make this podcast possible. We started this podcast so we could share our real estate insights as well as provide our listeners with a chance to get to know the Maddox team. Our goal is to make our clients' real estate sale or purchase as simple as possible, allowing them to sit back while we handle the hard work. To learn more about what we do or to look up resources about the Bay Area communities, visit our website at maddoxrealestate.com or give us a call at 510-993-0688.